Hi, this is Lena Ski, hostess of the Supernova Sessions, and today could not be a more powerful day to record this intro. As I speak, I have another tab open that I've been watching, our very own moon, Occult Saturn, so basically our moon photobomb Saturn, and it's a really, really powerful transitory space, which is really all about purpose and stepping into the highest purpose that you can give. It also happens to be the very first day that I will be moving and upgrading the Supernova podcast onto iTunes. Hello, iTunes! So, you know, big booms, big bangs, big everything. So join me and Dr. Lexis Johnson as we help you discover a path of purpose, a path of higher purpose, and offer you something magical. Listen up, it's going to be a good one. Hi, Lexis. Welcome to the Supernova Podcast. How are you doing? Well, good morning. This is awesome. I'm so grateful to be here with you. Oh, I'm so grateful to to have you on the on this call. It's it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Well, everything happens in good time, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that way it does. And I I don't know what it's been about this energy of this week, but the topic that we had discussed in terms of this um, this podcast today, it feels like that's just become my life. Like in this past week, um, I've I've just kind of felt myself um, darting between kind of overwhelm and like mm-hmm. sheer mastery, where everything's like so laser focused and so awesome, and things just get done on on such an exponential level, and then mm-hmm. going back into this hazy space of, I don't know, procrastination and overwhelm and all these kinds of things. And it's just really interesting seeing that happen on a global scale because I think a lot of people are tapping into that energy. And that's also kind of coupled with people stepping into power and people giving their power away. What's kind of been your take on what's been happening these last couple of days, weeks, or or months? Uh, As a person who's been doing uh, astrology and cosmobiology, which is the analysis of the cycles, uh, since I was 17 years old, I've gone through bits and spurts about what's exactly going on, but Mm -hmm. since before 2008, we've been in a changing cycle, and it's been predicted, you know, every civilization's predicted this coming change. But in cycles, because the planets are magnetic and we... Uh, react to the magnetic energy from all these celestial bodies some of them are pretty slow moving and so Mm. they don't happen on a day they happen over a period of time and the cycles that have been changing since that period of time have been ushering in this rush 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 hurry 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 thing and in our grandmother's day it seemed like they had more hours in the day they just got more done And people say, oh, yeah, well, as you get older, you're going to notice that time passes more quickly. But it's even more than that. Now younger people are seeing that time is passing more quickly. And it's Mm -hmm. because of these cycles that we're going through. It's a shift. And the latest shift has been the Grand Cardinal Cross, which has been happening from 2013 through now, so from about last summer. And the worst of it was coming up the, to the top of the mountain. July was the top of the mountain. So okay. July gave us all these 
bottoms of the barrel things happening, all the dregs of the barrel. Now we're coming out the other side and coming down the hill, sliding. And yes, there's still going to be a few road bumps for the rest of 2014, but the worst of it's over. So we can take comfort in that. Woohoo! <laughs> That's something to celebrate. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that people have to take responsibility. We can't change the weather, for example, although there are some of us who can. For the most part, there are things we can't change, and we have to look at these shifting energies as being something we can't change, but we can make it easier. And they say what you resist persists. If we keep fighting against it, it's going to give us a harder time. And so what we have to do is work into it, flow with it, and allow these things to shift. Because we're going to shift one way or the other. You can be shipped with a great big smack, or you can ease into it. That's your choice. Of course. But, I mean, the, the whole thing about externalizing it, and there's certain things that we can't change, that, that's, that's just the way, the way we are built. We, we don't have that influence on certain things. But there's some things like our personal power or our sense of purpose that Absolutely. we throw out there and we think it's the same as this other immovable object. Why do you think mm -hmm. that is? Uh, I, why do I think people present these obstacles? Is that yeah. the question? The reason people create these obstacles in their life is because the obstacle seems less daunting than something that the obstacle is preventing them from dealing with. Like in a weight issue where people gain weight, there's something that they don't want to deal with. So losing the same 10 pounds over and over and over again actually doesn't look that bad. People don't blame them. People, it's acceptable to be a little bit overweight. So people aren't blaming them. So they they don't have to go and look at whatever that issue was that made them not feel good about themselves in the first place. Instead of dealing with that issue, they deal with the same ten pounds. But so if they really wanted to, yeah, if they really wanted to get over the weight issues, if they dealt with these other issues, and and that's an oversimplification. It isn't always about some emotional thing, but let's you know that's usually a great part of the time it is. If they dealt with those things, the weight would melt off. It would be so much easier, and it would work. And it's mm -hmm. like that with every obstacle that we put in our path. And so we think, oh, it's random. But how come you plan your picnic for your family gathering, and everything goes great, and somebody else plans their picnic for the family gathering, and it rains, right? Mm -hmm. You attracted that you would have a great time, and everybody would get along and the other person attracted that there were going to have to be these obstacles. It would have to be moved indoors. There was going to be uh, an, a huge effort to make everybody happy, to give them the experience. Mm -hmm. And those things you can attract, and that's the external. So it really is this fine dance between the two, isn't it then? It is, and everything they say about the law of attraction, it really is about how you attract it, but it's not such a simplification like the movie The Secret suggested it was. It, that's a little too simple. But we do have to take responsibility for all of these outside actions. It, it isn't just that it happened to us. We needed it to happen in the way it happened. We wanted it to. Mm. So we do need to take responsibility for those things. And if we allow ourselves to, to get into a different belief system, a belief is just a thought that you've had over and over and over again until it becomes a burned neural pathway in our brain. You can change your belief. You just have to 
reaffirm whatever the new belief is and get yourself into the feeling of it in order to burn a new neural pathway. So you mm -hmm. need to take responsibility for that and start creating the life that you want. Absolutely. And I think also the, the thing in that is you can have it happen instantaneously. We also have these other beliefs that say yep. we have this life path. We're almost fated or destined to walk this path for X amount of years before mm -hmm. we can tap into success and love and all these other external internal things. Meanwhile, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. It doesn't. But if that's your belief system, then that's what your reality will be. Of course. Right. Everybody was born with five senses. So the world as you see it is how your brain gets, the, like, perceives these vibrations of sight and sound and, and taste and smell and, and touch. How you perceive those feelings through your five senses creates your reality. So if you want a different reality, you have to change your emotional state. You have to change your attitude, your mental state. You have to get into alignment with what the thing is that is the thing you want. And that's why they say feel as if you've already got it. Mm. Because if you can get into the emotional state and start the believing and get into giving it to the higher power, letting it come to you in an unexpected way, you can't control the way, but you can control your feelings and your attitudes and you can control your beliefs. You just have to choose to. And the how fast part is how you believe it's going to be. If you mm. think it's going to be a struggle and hard work and take years, then it will. And if you think it can be instantaneous, you can get into that belief and it will be. Very, very true. And, and that just really echoes that, that famous quote that life is 10% what, it, what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it and how you deal with it and how you oh hold it. That's perfect. Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> we're, we're in alignment. But let's just quickly get back to basics. You've, met, you've mentioned cosmobiology. Um, mm -hmm. I, I kind of have an idea of what it is, but can you speak into it a little bit more? Okay. Astrology is the day that you're born and a snapshot of where the celestial bodies are in relationship to the spot in time where you took your first breath. Mm -hmm. Psychoanalysis or cosmobiology is using that system of energies and the cycles that are created, the rhythms that are created from the, the numbers and the logarithms of those celestial bodies on the date that you were born and moving them forward in time to see what the patterns of the cycles are. We're all given free will. Everybody's got free will. The day that you came into breathing this atmosphere in the physical body was a day that's a snapshot in time from your choice to come in at that moment in time. And that moment is the snapshot of the intentions you came in to experience. You can call them lessons if you like, but they're not really lessons. They're experiences. Mm -hmm. And the experiences that you have are of your choosing you have free will to change them, but the essence of what you came to experience is um, it's created in time and space. So when people have the same things happening to them over and over and over again, and they say, gosh, why do I keep meeting the same lousy guy, you know, the same crappy guy that stands me up and doesn't call when he says he will or blah, blah, blah. 
it's because they wanted to have that experience. When they've had the experience and they've had enough of it, and they had what they came in to have, they can stop having it. But what happens is we get into resistance and we don't want to experience that. So the minute that we start to feel like we're in the same cycle, we start pulling back and resisting it instead of saying, okay, well, I guess I didn't have enough of it the last time. So what is there about it this time that's different? What new experience can I take from this? And it isn't even all about you. Sometimes you're just facilitating an experience for someone else and you have agreed before you came to this body to facilitate that experience. So sometimes it's only about that. Mm. So you need to have the understanding of what this is. So in the cosmobiology cycles, it doesn't matter if it's relationship or business or health or what it is, money. If a cycle is repeating, it's because you didn't get enough of the experience. And you just have to have an open mind about the perspective of what is this thing that's happening and did you get enough of it? And the universe will, you know, the next time the cycle comes around, it'll still say, here you go, here's this experience, do you want some more or are you good? Mm -hmm. And if it's something really, you know, if you've really been in resistance and you haven't figured it out, first time the cycle comes along, you might stub your toe, the second time you might fall off your bike, and the third time you might be in a train wreck. The universe will keep giving you a new experience to say, you know, hey, you didn't get it the last time. I'll give you a really big bang this time. <laughs> because it's really wanting you to get it. But it's your free will to say, oh, okay, let's have it and get it over with and be done with it. Mm -hmm. Or I don't want to have it right now. I want to push it far away. But the next time, yeah, it's going to be really bad. And it's also amazing because we're so disconnected from that, that we, we've forgotten how to read the meaning behind it. We've forgotten to read into the metaphor or even literally the note that's right there on the, on the desk staring you right back. And Absolutely. then we keep reliving that experience because we just we don't know how to comprehend that. Well, and it isn't even all bad things. You know, sometimes you got the cheerleader who marries the letterman athlete and she seems to have the perfect life and you're like, well, how come she gets all the good things? You know, but she's just making different choices. And mm. you don't know what's going on behind closed doors either. She might not have the perfect life. You just have that perception of her. But good things happen in cycles just like the negative things do. And it's still your choice. And often we meet other situations, environments, people to be mirrors to show us something about ourselves that we're so inside of our own situation that we can't see. So sometimes we meet somebody else and the very thing that's bothering us about that person is something that we do and we don't even know we're doing it. And when we get the big aha, it's like, you know, like that commercial with the V8 where you hit your forehead with your hand. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, aha, I get it. But it's like the light bulb just came on. Those are why those situations have come in, just to show you something about yourself. And just the realization, just the aha, is sometimes all you need. That's maybe all you needed to make a difference. Mm. And you could go off in a whole different direction just because you now have a different perspective. Sometimes it's just about being a mirror. And sometimes you're that for someone else, and sometimes they're that for you. Mm. And the minute well, you take that out of it, it takes away all the negative anxiety. Of right? course. 
Mm, and that's the thing that sometimes is the obstacle. We get so much into the pain of, why is this happening to me? Why me? Why over and over again? You know, like, what is it I'm doing wrong? And we feel less than. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be about that. It could just be about, oh, okay, so I walked past a mirror. It's showing me something. Why did I walk past that mirror? Oh, because my, my tag is sticking out in the back of my shirt, so I need to tick that back in. Mm. And it could just be that simple about this other thing, only it's a situation. Of course, and it's so amazing when when it happens that way. And mm -hmm. it's just like it's such a relief when you're like, ah, oh, that's exactly the lesson I needed to learn. Mm. Well, and it isn't even always just a lesson. You know, sometimes it's just I needed to feel that. Mm. You know, I just, if you are in a situation where you get to feel a negative um, emotion, sometimes that, well, almost all the time, that gives you more empathy and compassion for other people when they are in that experience. It makes you a better something or other, a better friend, a better therapist, a better coach, right? It makes you mm -hmm. a, a more empathetic or compassionate being. And mm. sometimes that's why you chose to have that experience, just so you could learn that. So the big takeaway in that is there's always a reason behind everything. Pretty much. Pretty much. And you're choosing it. You are. Shakespeare said all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players upon it. You are the creator of your own life. Mm -hmm. It's your stage. What part would you like to play? And if you don't like that part, then get in front of the mirror and see what do you have to change about what you're doing to make a different, you know, to get into a different role. How do you change your stage? And mm. it, it doesn't always change with the snap of a finger. Sometimes, if you look at the universal laws, there's called the law of gestation, which means you plant a seed and you water it, you give it fertilizer and sunshine, and it grows a plant. When the farmer plants the seed, he doesn't dig it up every day to see if it's growing. It takes a bit of time. So some things take time, and some things can ha happen instantaneously. If you can get yourself into the feeling that, and do it with small things first. If you get yourself into the feeling that somebody's going to take me to my favorite coffee shop and buy me my favorite drink, and it happens, and it happens like the same day within a couple of hours. Somebody says, come on, let's go to Starbucks. I'll buy you your favorite drink, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it just sort of comes up. You're on the path. You are then getting what you want. You're putting it out there, and it's happening. That gestation was very short. But if every time you watched a horror movie or saw the news and saw bad things, if they manifested instantly, that would not be a good thing. So oh, the law of gestation that takes some time is actually there for a reason. Mm. But you can shorten that up with your efforts and your action, your beliefs, your thoughts. And cosmobiology can help you by showing you what the plan was when you came in, what choices you made the last time the cycles came around, and now that the cycle's coming back, where, you're, where you are in that, how, how bad it's going to be or how good it's going to be, and give you an opportunity to see in advance, like looking at a roadmap, oh, I see what's coming. I can choose before I get there. I can make a plan. And as long as you're not set in stone about the plan and as things come up, you know, as different cars come onto your highway of your life, you can dodge around them or slow down or speed up. That's what it's for. It's not 
like astrology that you read in the paper that says, oh, you're going to have a bad day. That's not what it's about. There aren't just 12 kinds of people. Sure. And everyone has free will. It's just a road map. It becomes more about the destination and you don't get so caught up in the journey. Whereas astrology, you kind of, this is the way it needs to be and you now need to walk in this line or go there. And it becomes, again, a disempowering thing where this... Well, no, astrology is the same way too. It's just that astrologers and back in the day, they had a lot of power. They were the, the soothsayers, the fortune tellers, the prophecy givers. And they were given a lot of power because they worked for the, the heads of the state, the politicians, the pharaohs, the kings, the rulers. They, had, they were advisors. And they had a lot of power because they knew how to read these charts and the ruler didn't have time. He was running a country. But a lot of these um, teachers, astrologers, you know, fortune tellers, prophesizers would take their power too literally and think they were greater than the person they were advising and they would make the choices for them. No, you better not do that. This is going to happen, right? And so the concept that we have of astrology is that it's set in stone. But it never was. It's just our interpretations of it. And because we've kind of gotten into a living of reading the newspaper and opening it up and seeing what our fortune says for today, we buy into that, that it's static. But it isn't static. It's flowing and moving. And we always have free choice. But if you're riding along the highway and you see a sign that says detour, it's helpful to have that sign. If you don't have the sign that says detour and the bridge is washed out, you keep driving at breakneck speed, you're going to crash. So astrology and cosmobiology is just a system that shows you the, the signs that there are roadblocks ahead or good fortune coming, take this path because it's a shortcut. That's what it's supposed to be. It's the interpretation of who's giving and who's receiving that makes it not that. But you can totally have it be that. You just have to have that mindset. Cosmobiology is just a type of astrology that works with the cycles and the rhythms that were set on the day that you were born. It's, I use biorhythms. And those are the rhythms of the day of the, the person was born. And they look an awful lot like astrology. When I look at my own chart, I can see what's going on in my chart. But the chart can't tell you free will. When, sure. you talk to, when you talk to an astrologer or a psychic or a metaphysical person, depending on what tools they use or what their abilities are, they often will ask you questions. And people say, well, if you're psychic, you should know the answer. No, they're asking you questions because they're looking at, like some people call it the Akashic Record, they're looking at the, the plan that you came in with. And they're wanting to know, what choice did you make when the cycle was here before? Because that'll help me figure out what you're more likely to do. Anything that somebody says as prophecy and says, this is going to happen, is only the path that they can see if nothing changes. So if mm -hmm. you don't change your mind and you keep doing the things you're doing, you're likely to get that, like X. Mm -hmm. And that's what they'll tell you. But the minute you get off the phone and you say, oh, it's a done deal. I'm going to marry, you know, Bob, Joe, John, whatever. It's a done deal. 
then you've now made a decision that you hadn't made when you called the person. So that's now a change. If you get off the phone and say, yeah, well, she said that I could marry him, that he'd be a great match, but if I don't marry him, there'll be somebody else down the road. Yeah, I think I don't want this set of problems that, because everybody comes, nobody's perfect, right? Sure. This guy has this set of things. I think I don't want to deal with those things. I think I'll wait for, you know, door number three. I'll go behind door number three. And so you then make a different choice. So what, the psychic was wrong? No, the psychic was right based on what she said or he said when they talked to you at the time. And it's the same thing with astrology or cosmobiology. Whatever the cycle is, whatever the plan was when you came to the world is still the plan. You have free will to make choices. So the thing about cycle analysis is it can tell you, you know, here you were, when this cycle came in your life earlier, you were this age. And it'll tell you what age you were. And you can go back in time and say, oh, yeah, well, when I was eight or whatever the cycle was, this is what was happening and these are the choices I made. So it pinpoints a time in your life when you can look at what happened the last time the cycle was here. Now, this time the cycle's going to be here and the planets are, are the way they are today. The last time, they're never going to be identical. So, of course, there's going to be different circumstances. But the flavor of the cycle is still there. You know, it's still an issue with the topic. Mm -hmm. So you can still see what choices you made. And you can still see in there you can learn what the, we'll call it a lesson, but it isn't a lesson, it's an experience. And you can still make choices on what you want to do with that. So that's where psychoanalysis has a bit of an edge. It can help you see where you were the last time the cycle was around and where you're most likely to choose to go right now. And if you don't, it can tell you when the cycle will come back again. And mm -hmm. it'll say, well, on so-and-so period of your life down the road, the cycle will come back again. If you choose not to face this right now, it's going to come back with a vengeance over there. It does help. It makes me think of those uh, choose-your-own-adventure books, you know, where you know, really right? do create. Exactly. And the only difference is that the second in time that you take this choice, you can't go back to that second again. Whereas mm -hmm. in the book, you can go backwards in the pages and start again. But the cycles sometimes do come around and give you a reset. And that's what's happening right now. The shift that human beings are going through right now, at this moment in time, in 2014, is giving us an opportunity. Everything that we've been going through since the summer of 2013 has been about re. Reduce, reuse, repurpose, reconfigure, rethink, go back over and do again. We've had a lot of planets go into retrograde, which also starts with R-E. All mm -hmm. these re-words. And it's about cleaning out your closets. It's literally about throwing out all that no longer serves and figuring out what the stuff is that does serve and bringing more of that. And if you don't clean your closet out, the universe, or whatever you want to call it, source energy, God, the angels, whatever you want to call it, it will clean your closet out for you. So if you don't clean it out, then maybe your basement's going to flood. You know, maybe mm -hmm. there'll be a fire and destroy stuff. So it's to your advantage to choose to clean these things out so that 
you can pick which things you want and don't leave it up to chance. Because if you leave it up to the universe, it might throw out your memorabilia, your family photographs, you know, something that's important to you. That might not be important to you. That's important to me. That <laughs> might be the thing you don't get to keep. It might take your car away and you're like, well, wait a minute. I, I know I need a pair down, but I've got to get around, right? It might do that. So you need to figure out what you need to get rid of and let go of. And sometimes it's not a thing. Sometimes it's an emotion or an attitude or a belief system. Hmm. That's and very it's true. Choice. It's always your choice. Part of the coach training that I went through, we, we speak of these six stages that people go through. And the mm -hmm. one place is the space of abandonment. And mm -hmm. obviously the word sounds traumatic and nobody really wants to go through the experience of abandonment. But as you said, it's a, it's a cleaning out of your, your closet. It's a, a nice way to let things go. And it can be traumatic. It can not be. But mm -hmm. very often the letting go is your beliefs, your personality, the things that you Absolutely. think are so important to you, but they're just facets. And once you get rid of all of that, you're able to find the diamond in the rough and you're able to connect to yourself on a much truer level. And I think in those spaces, or at least in my experience of that, in that cleaning process, that's where I've discovered my purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. When Mama Eagle kicks out her baby eaglets from the nest and they're you know, on a 60-foot tall tree and this little eagle's going to die when he lands to, to the ground, that eagle, that little baby eaglet has a choice. And the choice is learn to fly and flap my wings and, you know, flap like heck or land and splat. Mama Eagle is kicking the baby out because she loves it and wants it. That's life. That's the advancement of life. Whether it's instinct or love, it's still the way life progresses. It's the baby eaglet's choice what it's going to do with it. If you're in fear and you just free fall, you're going to die. But if mm -hmm. you laugh like heck and just try, just take action, maybe you're not going to go splat and maybe you're going to find the biggest thrill of your life and you're now in a new transition. You're no longer stuck in the little nest. You have the whole world that you can fly around in. And that's not a bad thing. So sometimes we make things into big bad things that aren't. Mm. And for me, that's that thing where surrender comes in because mm -hmm. you could hold on like that little eagle could fall out and be so angry at the world and so angry mm -hmm. at, you know, Mama Eagle that all these are things are happening that they don't even have time to flap their wings. Where mm -hmm. if you surrender and you're like, okay, this is the way it needs to be. There's a certain level of trust. This isn't mm -hmm. a level of give up, but I'm capable. There's potential. And this is what I'm actually meant to do. I'm meant to fly. Mm -hmm. Well, and in actuality, sometimes the flapping of the wings is the worst thing you could do because all the little eagle yeah. really needed to do was put its wings out there and it would catch an updraft and it would mm -hmm. be floated through the air. Mm. But when we don't know what to do, that's exactly what we do. We mm. either withdraw in fear and pull back so our wings aren't out or we flap around and thrash like crazy like we're drowning. And that doesn't serve <laughs> us either. There's the happy medium in the middle, and that's the, the balance point that we have to get to. But fear stops us, and fear makes us do the crazy flapping too. But in either case, it's an example of abandonment, but mm -hmm. it isn't really being, like, the mother eagle isn't abandoning the, kid, the eaglet. 
she's kicking it out of the nest for advancement, for its own good, for its progression, for survival. Mm-hmm. It has to get out there to survive. But when you look at eagles after they've been out of the nest and they are flying around, what do eagles do? They stay in their families for a long, long time and they hunt together. You can see families of eagles circling in the sky. Mm-hmm. And you can see this, these couple are older and those ones are younger and it's like, you know, the daddy eagle and the mama eagle and the three baby eagles. <laughs> when you can see them. And they're all up there with their eagle eyes looking down, looking for food. So it's not like she abandoned the, the baby eagle, but the advancement of life caused it to be forced out. So sometimes when we feel abandoned, like when my husband passed away, that's a feeling of abandonment. And you can't blame anybody because whose fault is it, right? It's just something that happened. His time mm-hmm. came. Yet I was in the position of feeling alone, feeling of unsupport. I just have to go find that what I need. I have to catch the the updraft and fly. Mm-hmm. So I can thrash around and flap, flap my wings and be angry and how dare he leave me or whatever I feel. Or I can be in the grief and the sadness of, oh, poor me, I'm all alone. I have nobody. Right? I can get out there and... You know, oh my gosh, my support system's gone. I don't have the second income coming in. I've got to get out there and do, 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 and drive myself crazy and not go through the grief process. Or I could glide and gently get my way through it and take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and move through the process a little more easily. All of those are choices. The fact that somebody passed away and I felt all alone is a fact. But what I do with it is my choice and my free will. And the only difference is is that grief is a strange thing and sometimes your mental capacity kind of isn't a choice anymore. It's just something you have to go through. But at some point, you get your choice back and you move forward. And, and so everything can be looked on as that. Mm. You know, every situation can be looked on as there is some choice in here. Absolutely. And, and what I love about what you're doing is you're giving people that map to, to look at it. And you're giving yeah. them their own adventure book. Um, so that they can see all the opportunities in that. And in our next podcast, we're actually going to be rewarding some people with readings online, which is going to be really, really exciting. I know. I can't wait. That's Neither. the best part. I know. I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> and, and um, I, don't, I don't actually give them. I just open up the door for them to see what the choices are. They already came in with that. I just facilitate the experience for them. And that fills my cup up. I just love doing that. I, I can I feel it. I love giving them that. Yeah, I'm very passionate about it. Mm. Um, there's just one thing I wanted to clear up. In our last conversation that we had offline, uh, you made the distinction between higher purpose and purpose. And I think that's also something that a lot of people struggle with. First of all, they struggle with defining purpose because they think it's their vision or they think it's something that they do rather than something that they are. But then mm-hmm. there's also this other higher level thing that um, that we tap into. So how would you define purpose, and what is the distinction between purpose and higher purpose? On the day that you're born, and that's an amazing question. That's, I wish I'd get asked this a little more often. That's a fabulous question. On the day that you're born, you came in with certain intentions. That's your purpose. As you grow you have free will to make choices about what you like and what you don't like. When you come in, you're given a lot, and everybody's given a lot. And not everybody capitalizes on those things. And the things that show you the direction that would 
um, lead you to your purpose, with air quotations, are mm -hmm. the talents and the dreams and the wishes that you have. And when a parent says, no, nah, I don't want my kid to do that fun thing he wants to do. He wants to play video games all day long. Uh-uh, that's useless. They're making a judgment for their kid, who obviously has a talent with whatever, the video games, or the playing soccer, or whatever. And the parent says, no, I want him to be a doctor, or a lawyer, or an accountant, or whatever. And the parent then says, no, you have to do this. I have a judgment and I think you need to do this. This is my experience and I, I'll pay for you to go to school and I want you to be a something, mm -hmm. right? They're not serving their child because that child came in with certain uh, talents and goals and wishes and dreams. The parent needs to honor whatever that child's things are that came in and let the child choose from that cornucopia of things. That's what their things are. That's purpose. When you're on your purpose and something crosses your path that wasn't what you thought. When I was a kid, did I ever think I was going to be making a living online, talking to people through a little box that has invisible airwaves to the other side <laughs> of the world? Or I could see them and talk to them. Yeah, Alexander, I'm not that old. Alexander Graham Bell had invented the phone, but the computer hadn't been invented. Or if it had, it wasn't mainstream. Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid, I could not have made those choices. But that doesn't mean it wasn't my higher purpose. Mm -hmm. So as I'm maturing and developing and doing the things that I do and taking the steps forward in my talents and hopes and wishes and dreams, Suddenly, one day, this thing comes across my path, and I, I like it. I go, oh, this is interesting, and I stay open. Staying open is what leads you to your higher purpose, because the thing that I now do online is exactly the same thing that I like doing and I'm passionate about offline, but offline, in a bricks-and-mortar situation, I can only work with one person at a time. And mm -hmm. online, I can work with any number of people at the same time. And I can do it while I'm sleeping because I can put something out there that they can access when I'm not even awake. Mm -hmm. So I can reach more people. That's my example. Everybody's got their own different example. But that's an example from my life that is a higher purpose that I could not have known on the day that I was born. Now, if you look in my chart, you can see that my chart is all about new age technology, doing things that are ahead of their time. So, yes, I started doing cosmobiology when I was 17, and decades later, I'm still doing it, and I'm better now than I was then. But then, I had to do all the logarithms and all the math and all the interpreting myself. Now, I have a computer program, and I just put the numbers in and press a button, and it does it for me. I still do the the talented part, the interpreting, the human part. Mm -hmm. And there is no system on the market that can do that. There is no advanced computer that can take the myriad combinations and computations that are someone's chart and say, you know, you chose this this day, so this is likely what you're going to do. Only a human can do that. And that's why we still need human beings. But there's still a lot you can get just from looking up, you know, your chart. There's value. So that's the difference between purpose and higher purpose. Does that make sense to you? Yes, definitely does make sense. Okay. I just wanted to come up with an example that would serve. No. Well, you, you're so great at coming up with examples. That's like 
takes me yeah. a while to to process one. Like I always need to have them ready beforehand. Yes, I know, but I am not the girl who knows which button to press, which is why I'm having <laughs> the technology issues. So as good as I am at this thing, take advantage of all that I'm good at. But please don't ask me to do the thing where I got to press a button. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, there's my challenge. We all have areas where we fascinate and we all have areas where we're just we don't need to go there and that's okay. Yep. Well, apparently it wasn't okay this morning with all these little oh. issues, but we found a way. <laughs> we found a way, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll make a plan that works for the next podcast. Perfect. Make sure that, that there's a backup plan on that. Um, one last question before we wrap up, because we can carry on forever. I mean, we always end up going on forever. Um, there's a lot of people right now who may not even be thinking higher purpose, but they're having so much doubt in who they are, what message they need to be putting out there because there's so much comp competition in the world. There's so many people competing with them and putting out similar things and there's this big doubt in themselves. How does the cosmobiology address that particular issue? Well, first of all, I don't believe in competition. Uh, I, I, there's, there's a kind of competition where you want to be the best that you can be and you might want to go in a race and be faster than somebody else. But the thing about your purpose in life, if you, as an example, if you take a breath, and, and I invite everybody to do this, take a breath and then hold your breath and think about it. Is there somebody on the other side of the world that can't get a breath because you're holding on to his air? No, nope. there isn't. There's an abundance of air everywhere. And this thing that Einstein said, there's something that permeates everything in the world. And he called it a consciousness, a, a thinking stuff, or a field of potentiality. It's like the air. Only the air around our Earth is just a certain amount of air that's in our atmosphere around our globe. But the thing that has potentiality is as far out into the universe as you can imagine. And it, if you were to take your body and pretend it was a jar and fill the jar up with rocks and then put you know, pebbles in around the rocks and put sand in around the pebbles, there's still space in around all those things. And if you were to take water and fill the jar up and fill the spaces up, that water is an example of this field of potentiality. What your talents are and what your purpose is, is like that. And you can think that there's competition out there all you like, but nobody can do what you're good at exactly the way you do it. And if you were given the dreams the wishes, the wants, the desires, and the talents to do something, and you put your emotion, your intention, you get in alignment and put some action there to do it. If you have that, there's somebody out there who needs to have you give them that experience. And that means that there's nobody else out there that can serve them the way you can. So there is no more competition. So you need to work with other people. As a cosmobiologist, I can work with other astrologers. Nobody's going to give my advice the way I can give it. And there are people out here in the world that will resonate with my way of delivering this information. That doesn't mean that I hate all, all astrologers. 
are all cosmobiologists and I, I want to be better than them, I can mm -hmm. work with them because some people might resonate with their the way they deliver the message differently than the way I do it. So I want to help them get ahead and they can refer people to me and help me get ahead. And that's how it should be looked at and that's the shift that's going on in the world. It's not about competition, it's about collaboration and women are so good at that. Oh, We're naturals. We, we are naturals. So I always <laughs> say we gorgeous babes have got to stick together and help each other out and I send that out to your audience. Let's help each mm. other out. No, absolutely. I'm just breathing in exactly everything you've just said because I think you just hit the nail on the head and I mean it really is about collaboration and like I don't know if I told you this the other day I was a friend of mine is looking at putting an event together and the way I used to approach it I always want to say in my past life but you know it was in this carnation is mm -hmm. you'd look at what the other events are you look at what's happening on different days and almost like the competition thing just just mm -hmm. getting an idea of what's happening and I had that idea come up because that was the default instinct mm -hmm. and as I went to my laptop to, to start looking at what's happening and how other people are going to be doing things and how we can have a competitive advantage, I just froze and like burst out into laughter because it was just like, it's so trivial and it's so, mm -hmm. like I can't even comprehend it, but it was just like, this big thing is like it really isn't about that. I ended up going through the task, but it was like, how can our event now complement other people mm -hmm. rather than be in competition? So my thing's been about complementing rather than competition, and I think it's just Perfect. so important. So did you figure it out? I did, yeah. So we 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 have a couple tentative dates set, and um, a couple of people that we're speaking about, and bringing on the collaboration. Awesome. Now see if you had asked me how to resolve that issue mm -hmm. I would have said find out what your your audience wants and what in what way do you do something that serves that. Mm. And that's how to find the answer to that. You found that. You figured that out for yourself. That makes you not be in competition with somebody else. If you're putting your own unique spin on a thing, right, and the right audience will come to you. And it doesn't matter if they get 100 people to come to them and you only get 10. The ones that you get, you served 100% of yourself to them, and they get exactly what they needed. You served them. And that's what you were supposed to do. And it isn't about numbers and it isn't about better than, right? And that person that had the 100 people couldn't serve those 10. That would be their percentage of people that they couldn't serve. So you can work together because they'll always have that group of people that aren't going to resonate with them that do resonate with you. So you can still work with that person and that's collaboration. And you can still give them the other people that you, you know, they just didn't resonate with you. You're never going to get people who don't resonate with you. So you're not losing anything. So give them to somebody else and build up that collaborative relationship and make friends with everybody. Don't be in competition. And that's what women have in general over men is that we don't compete that way. We're natural connectors. We naturally like to do that. And you just found a way to do it. That's perfect. Brilliant. Perfect. And on that note, we wrap up.
the Supernova podcast. But here's the information you really want to know. As a purpose-driven entrepreneur, solopreneur, or even a purpose-driven freelancer, do you find yourself needing to redirect, realign, repurpose, or even just redefine your business and your message so that you can really make the impact that you want to make on the world through your tribe? In our next week's podcast, Dr. Lexis Johnson will be joining us again and giving five lucky entrepreneurs the chance to claim their purpose. To find out more about the competition, make sure you go to lenaski.com forward slash win a cosmobiology purpose reading or follow the links in this podcast below. And it doesn't end there. Everyone who gets access to this competition will be getting a host of other amazing prizes. You'll also be getting access to the Anticline course. This is a special course to help you navigate away from the people who take up your time so that you can focus on the people who really, really need your support and are actually going to do something meaningful and transformational with it. On top of that, you'll also get access to a very special purpose-centered meditation and you'll also get to find out your fascination profile and find out how you can amplify your purpose chart and the way you uniquely fascinate the world to make the biggest bang possible. Till then, make sure you get your entries in and continue to lean into the thing that you want the most in the world. Because the thing that you want the most from the world is the thing that the world needs the most from you. Tune in next week as we continue our invitation into greatness and connect with five lucky entrepreneurs who have won their purpose readings. Good luck, everybody.